Welcome to Vitalnomics, the Church Vitality Podcast, a digital arm of the Church Vitality Network. I'm your host, Gary Moritz, and joining me will be today's voices in church revitalization and renewal. This is a place to find spiritual health, active leadership, and finding legacy over longevity. No matter where you are on the revitalization journey, God is writing your story through His church. He's called you to do it. So whatever you do, don't quit. Reach out and keep your eyes fixed on Jesus. If you find this episode helpful, share it. If you have some helpful insights on revitalization, let's share them on the show. Now, let's get into today's topic. Hey, welcome to uh, today's show. We are talking about five circles the church revitalizer needs to join in this year. And so it's so important that we understand the people we hang out with eventually makes us or breaks us. And so we're looking at five circles the church revitalizer needs to join. And so church revitalization, if you haven't realized it by now, it is hard. It is hard work. It takes patience. It takes perseverance. It takes grit. And it takes a calling to stay in the fight, to see God work and to be on our knees and to watch God move on our behalf so that he gets the glory. And so I want to talk to you as we move kind of the the wrap-up of this year, and we start moving into kind of the new year. And I want to challenge you a little bit about some circles that you really need to think about as you move into this season, this kind of post-COVID season of life. The way we used to do ministry is 2019. It's over. It's changed. And so there's a different operating system now that we must function by And I want to encourage you today that if you're not in these five circles, that you take steps forward to get in those circles at some point and to find yourself encouraged by the fact that these will actually strengthen you for the years to come and also for the journey ahead. Well, let's jump into the first circle. The first circle is networks. Networks. See, it's important that you join a network that actually works. You know, over the past few decades, there's been a growing movement away from denominations, I would say all the way back into the 70s. And there's been more growth towards network partnerships like never before. You know, if you haven't realized it by now, you can't do ministry alone. You can't do it. It's not a solo sport where it's just you and maybe a small group of people. It, it takes a, a, a large group of people to keep you focused and to keep you aligned with kingdom vision. And so, you know, don't abandon your denomination, but I want to tell you to consider partnering with a network that makes a difference in reproducing and multiplying with results, making disciples that make disciples. And there's proof behind the pudding, so to speak. And so these networks will help you go further and faster. They they will make you more prominent in the sense of pushing you to think out of the box a little bit and, and maybe give you some insight to what you're doing and, and maybe some ideas of how you can do things differently. And different's not bad. Different is just different. And so you can choose to go that direction or not. But networks is a real strong source for the revitalizer. And so make sure that your network that you join builds you as a leader and helps you grow your reach in the community so that you can become a better leader. 
You know, there's lots of networks out there that give away free swag and all that stuff. And, you know, there's only so many coffee cups you can take uh, before you realize, hey, they're not really doing anything for me. But I want to challenge you to be part of a network that works because great kingdom teams build great kingdom dreams. You hear that? Great kingdom teams build great kingdom dreams. And so the first circle I want to challenge you with is to find a network that works. Now, I'm not going to give you a list of networks that I personally believe in, but I want to challenge you to go search those out. You can always reach out to me and I can tell you uh, kind of in the circles in the church world, the people that are actually getting it done. Many people claim they're getting it done, but really what they do is is they just kind of rob Peter to pay Paul, so to speak. And so they're really not getting the work done. They're just advertising as if they are. But networks are so important, and I want to challenge you to join one of those at least in the coming year. The second is partnerships. You see, you have to build outside partnerships, not just with other churches, but local businesses, people, entrepreneurs, people that are in your community. You know, it reminds me of the old song from Sesame Street. I think it was Sesame Street. They used to sing, who are the people in your neighborhood? You see, people are all around you. And if you can leverage partnerships to help you advance the kingdom, this is so important. You know, with fostering and adoption of churches that are on the rise, your church could be an excellent candidate to help foster and churches grow, or maybe your church just needs fostering in itself. Maybe you're struggling right now, and so maybe you needed another church to come alongside you and, and just kind of encourage you, not not take over your property, not convince you that you need to give up, but rather just come alongside you and help you and to be a friend. You know, partnerships are powerful, and so you don't have to... Uh, sit there and and beg and borrow and steal, you can just have strong partnerships. Because I believe this with all my heart. You have not because you ask not. You have not because you ask not. And so if you're better because you decided to ask another church to to help you think differently, or maybe, uh, you know, can you guys give me some insight on maybe how I can do this better? You know, great leaders are great learners. And so teachability is the key to everything. And so, you know, fostering and adoption, it's been a growing topic now for almost a decade, but organizations that are doing kind of the replanting model and and church planting model and revitalization model and and all that stuff, you know, they, they have materials that are out there. And so I would just encourage you to reach out and to find some strong partnerships or business leaders to come alongside you and to just give you some insight on what you can do better. It's a strong circle, and so you're responsible for the partnerships that you build. And so I believe that if you just reach out and extend a hand, that people will be more than happy to help you and to give you insight to help people's lives get better. The third circle that I would challenge you, especially as a revitalizer, to get plugged into is the circle of having confidants. Confidants. You know, ministry can feel lonely, but it doesn't have to be lonely. I've said a long, long time, many decades, that every pastor needs a pastor. Every pastor needs a pastor. I have pastors in my life that pastor me, and guess what? You need pastors in your life that will pastor you. Not pester you, but pastor you. Every pastor needs a pastor, and according to pastoral care, 84% of pastors 
feel they are on a 24-7 call, that they're on this continual roller coaster where they're going, 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 and they're leading on empty. They have nothing else to give. I mean, imagine that. How can you lead other people when you're exhausted, when you're tired, when you're holding all this information in and you have nobody to pastor you, to mentor you, to coach you, or even be a friend to you? Listen, confidants are so important. They're going to lift you up when you need to be lifted up. They're not going to let you down, but they're going to speak life into you. And so every great leader that I have ever met has had somebody grandfathering them on the journey. And I love that phrase, grandfathering, because a grandpa is so cool, because a grandpa has nobody to impress. He's been there, done that. He's led the way. And now he is just focusing on influencing his grandchildren. So, you know, think about that. If you can find somebody that can be a grandfather to you or to your church on the journey, that is so crucial and so important. You know, pastoring, it does not have to be lonely. So make sure that you have someone taking care of you outside of your spouse, outside of your family, that you can be candid with, that they can be caring towards your life, that they can call things out that, you know, might surface in your life that could be a danger. You know, they're going to call you to the carpet when it needs to be. I mean, accountability is so important. And when you have a confidant in your life that's going to hold you accountable, is so powerful because without accountability, you have liability. And so if you don't have a counselor, a confidant, get one. It is so, so important. The fourth circle that I would challenge every church revitalizer to get connected with is some type of training and sending the next generation. You know, you have got to be focused on the next generation. I love what was said about David. He served his generation. You know, he gave his life for his generation. But here's the thing. What are you doing right now as a church revitalizer to reach the next generation? Maybe you want to partner with a local college for ministry. One of the great ministries you can have in your church is the next generation and a leader who desires to see it as a priority. And listen, you can be that leader with growing efforts to plant churches on the college campus and and great organizations that are doing that well you can speak into the next generation partner with a local college or a local college church plant and open your missions budget and your campus to them and allow them to use your resources and to utilize what God wants to do so that you can have a kingdom mindset to partner and to give your life to a campus and to insert, you know, truth into the next generation. Unless you see the need to reach down and pull others up, you will not have a future to walk into. I mean, if you're just concerned about the the people that are above you and not reaching down to the people that are coming up behind you, that is a huge problem. And so the circle that you have to have in your life to be a relevant and caring pastor is to be able to allow the next generation to lead and to lead well and to train them and to have those pipelines in place in your church. Churches must start by raising up leaders from within their context to lead the local church 
church to reach the next generation. And when you do that, you are going to raise a next generation that's going to have the mindset for here and from here. And that is what's going to lead your church into a revitalization effort for the next generation to discover. The fifth circle is the circle of giving. Now, I know what you're thinking. You're like, oh boy, here we go. We're going to be talking about money. Listen, when you have a circle of giving, and what I'm talking about is challenging your people to give. Challenge your people to give. You know what I found interesting is the only people that have a problem talking about money is the church. I mean, we talk about money all the time in the business world. We talk about money all the time when we're dealing with banks and and subscriptions and Netflix and bills that you get in the mail. I mean, nobody has a problem asking for money because you're getting a service. But here's the thing. When you're dealing with the local church, what are you doing to give back to your community? I mean, that's right. I'm challenging you to ask your people to give something that's going to outlast them for the future of the church. And so when I speak to smaller churches, I'm constantly perplexed by how many pastors have no idea what people give in their church, but yet these people have leadership positions in their church. That is a stewardship issue. You know, people give to vision. And so suppose you want your church to give more so that it can sustain. You've got to cast the vision to live and to grow into the future. If everyone in your church makes a minimum wage, that's 40 hours a week, let's say, figure out your minimum wage in your state and the number of people showing up on the weekend and create a threshold that people can plan in their budget to give to your church. Challenge the people to make it an actual budget item as a budget item of obedience in their budget and challenge them to tithe to God, but also to give their offerings. That's beyond the tithe through the local church in a cheerful manner. You know, the bottom line is that people will give to a church that is on the move and stingy people really live miserable lives. And so when you have a circle that is a circle of giving, It is amazing what God does through the local church to reach a community and to change a community for Christ. Listen, those are five circles that I want you to think about as you kind of close out this year and as you move into the next year. I, I want you to just go through those five circles. I'll run through them really fast. The first circle was networks, networks. The second circle was partnerships. The third circle was confidants. The fourth circle was training and sending the next generation. And the fifth circle is giving, challenging your people to give. Well, thanks so much for joining Vitalnomics. And I hope this message has challenged you to think differently.